Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Turn with me, if you would, please, to Psalms 84. Psalms 84. And I am led in my spirit to talk to us tonight for a short time on developing a life of prayer. Developing a life of prayer. Developing a life of prayer. See, we've had this fire of God's Spirit hovering over us. And as the Spirit of God hovers over us like that, manifesting Himself in fire, there'll be different things that will, that will cause change, you see, in our lives. We'll, we'll, we'll change in this one area, in that area. And then when that is sufficiently done, we'll change in another area. And we'll just move with God from glory to glory to glory to glory. We said He's appeared to us in fire as the refiner's fire and as the fuller's soap to purify our lives. Because He said the pure in heart going to see God move. Aren't you glad for that? See, it's a preparation time, a preparation period where He purifies our heart. Why? Because we want to see Him move. Because He wants to move. Isn't that glorious? Sometimes we think, well, why is he manifesting himself this way, wanting to burn up the chaff in our lives? Because, you know, no chastisement of the Lord is, is pleasant. It doesn't seem to be a pleasant thing when something like that happens. Points out some of our maybe faults and in, in, in shortcomings and failures for the purpose of refining us and purifying us. Amen? And once he does that, see, then he moves because the, the pure in heart are going to see God move. So we've got to get the heart pure so that we can see God move. Amen? Well, this is one area. That he's just rekindling inside my spirit, and I'm just ablaze with it. And that is getting back to speaking the Word of God in faith and watching God answer prayers. Getting prayers answered. That's what it's all about. Having reality with God. Not getting callous in, the, in our attitude toward prayer and just going about through life not expecting God to do anything. I'll tell you what. I believe that if he caused acts... Heads to, to float back then in the olden days, days gone by, he can do it right now. If he sent fire out of heaven to burn up the water and the sacrifice and the, and the trench and all that, he'd do it right now. Can you say amen? All the things that he ever did, he's going to do right now because he's the same. Never changes. Yesterday, today, and forever, he is the Lord who changeth not. And so we've got to enlarge our vision. We've got to rise up in faith and allow him to move. And impart to our spirits more of his Zoe life as the word is quickened within our spirits. Change, you see. Change, moving out with Him and on with Him. Also, He spoke to my heart. He is moving. He's begun the work already. For you see, you remember what was prophesied not too long ago? There are those that would come out of the denominational church who are crying out for reality, who are looking and seeking for reality. The Bible says, seek and ye shall find. You know, that's talking about a non-believer too. If a non-believer seeks God, the non-believer will find God. Did you know that? If he asks how to get saved, he'll know how to get saved. I was out there one day, and I was doing the same thing, crying out of my heart. I don't know God. I don't know how to get to heaven. And I didn't want to go to hell. But I began to cry out of my spirit. I don't want to go, go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I want to know that I can go to heaven. You know what? God answered that prayer of mine. As maybe unintelligent as it may have seemed, he heard my voice. He heard the cry of my heart. He sent some laborers across my path, and my eyes popped open, and the light came to me. And I saw the Word of God. Someone said, you must be born again. And I was, and hallelujah, it's history from there. I mean, I've been serving Him ever since, and I thank Him for it. But you know what? I look back and say, how sad. 24 years, I didn't know Him. Thank God for the last 13. 
Thank God for the last 13. Are you moving on, though I'm not satisfied where I'm at? Are you moving on? Are you complacent with where you're at? I, I'm not satisfied. Yeah, I, I just want to go on with God, praise God, and move on with Him. So here's Psalms 84 and verse 11. But first of all, write these things down real quick if you're taking notes. How do I develop a productive prayer life, a successful life of prayer? How do I do that? My goodness, you can write a book on that. But I just have jotted down some, some points I think that will be very helpful. We won't touch them all tonight. We'll touch a few of them. And as the Spirit of God says, time to pray, well, then we'll go ahead and hit our knees and pray. But number one, first of all, most important thing is to know your Father as a prayer-answering God. If you don't know your Father as a prayer-answering God, or your God as a prayer-answering Father, either way is fine. If you don't know that it's His desire to answer all of our prayers, the Bible says that the promises of God are yea and amen. God said, yea, what should, we sh what should we say? Huh? That's why we say amen when we pray. So be it. Let it be done. God says, yea, what do we say? Amen. Come on, with a little bit more enthusiasm than that. Thank you for that enthusiasm. God said, yea, what should we say? That means, that means act like it's so. That's what it means. That means expect it done. It is done. Amen. Let it be. That's it. That's the word of the Lord. So, secondly, regular daily answers to prayer is the Christian norm. It's the norm for the Christian life. Regular daily answers to prayer. Something we need to know. Regular daily answers to prayer should be normal for the Christian life. Not we go a month at a time and we hear nothing from God. No, daily. Daily. Everybody say daily. daily. Say day by day. My prayers are answered. See, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. Well, if we're not having anything, maybe we're not asking. Let's go on. Then, next thing to know is that faith makes our prayer work. And like I said, we won't touch all these, but we'll talk about some of them. But write it down. Faith makes prayer work. That's a sermon in itself. But faith makes prayer work. In other words, you can pray for hours on end and get no results. But faith makes prayer work. Okay? Next is... The Word is our contact with God. The Word is our contact with God. So we've got to know the Word. In order to have contact with Him, we've got to know the Word. The Word is our contact with God. And finally, it's important to, or essential, to maintain a tender and, and confident spirit. It's important to maintain, or essential to maintain, a tender and confident spirit. Spirit, if we're going to be successful in, our, in a life of prayer. So we just write those things down and, you know, you can uh, ask the Spirit of God to enlighten you some more. But let's just talk about, first of all, knowing the Father intimately, having a proper concept of Him as being a prayer-answering God. In Psalms 84 and verse 11, see how the Word reveals God to us? Tells us about His character, about who He is and what He does. This verse says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. That reveals to us that He is always pouring out of Himself to supply our every need. He's not like some think He is. Just doing things when He wants to. He is like the sun that is constantly pouring out of its energy to provide that was essential and necessary for human life, vegetable life, animal life, all kinds of life upon this earth. 
The Lord our God is a sun and shield. He gives us grace. He gives us glory. No good thing will He withhold. He's not withholding anything from any of His children. He won't withhold anything that's good. No good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. And of course, don't neglect that last part. It's important to walk uprightly before God. And if you're walking uprightly before God, you'll have a confident spirit. And you know that He's not withholding any good thing from you. So if it's good, praise God, He wants you to have it. And let's remember this. In James 1.17, you might want to write that next to that. It says that every good and perfect gift is from above and cometh down from above. From the Father of lights, with whom there's no variableness nor shadow of turning. Every good and perfect gift. So, no good thing will He withhold. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. He's the Son and shield. That means protection and provision. Whatever it is that we need, protection, provision, He does not withhold it from His children. He pours it out constantly, continuously. And if we walk uprightly, that is, in the light, you see, of His Word, in the light of His love, delighting in His commandments and doing His will, then He's not going to withhold anything. He's constantly pouring out of Himself to see to it He supplies our every need. So it's important to see and to know Him as a God who is always willing to answer our prayers. 1 Peter chapter 3 reveals the same truth. In 1 Peter chapter 3, after James, toward the end of the Bible, after the book of James, 1 Peter chapter 3, looking at verse 12. 1 Peter chapter 3, looking at verse 12 says... For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. If you've been born again, washed in the blood, the Bible says He made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we would be made the righteousness of God in Christ. We cannot become righteous of ourselves. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. But because we've been washed in the blood, we have received the righteousness which is of God. Thank God that we've been born again, washed in the blood, and have become the righteousness of of God in Christ. Why? Because the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. Say, His eyes are over me. And I'm going to show you something here. This is something I want to add to it. It'll bless you and won't cost you a penny. It's free. Free tonight. It, don't turn to it, but in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 33, the Scripture says, The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked. But He blesseth the habitation of the just or the righteous. You ready for that? The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but He blesseth the habitation of the just. For those who have been declared righteous, He's blessing your habitation. He's blessing your household right where you live. He is blessing, 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 blessing you. And you know what? The curse is not in effect there. Glory to God Thanks be to God. The curse is not at my house. Can you say amen? amen. Curse is not at your house. Can you say amen? amen? Why? Because we're somebody special. We have not done anything because He's so good. That's why. Because He's so good and so loving and so merciful and so kind. That's why the curse is not dwelling at our house, but our house is being blessed. And one way, of course, is by keeping His eyes upon us. He's watching everything we do. So the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. But look at the latter part. And His ears 
are open unto their prayers. Say it with me. His ears are open to my prayers. So once again, we see here, God our Father is a God who desires to answer our prayers with a yea so that we can say amen. He's constantly giving of himself, not withholding any good thing from his children. If we desire it, the Bible says he'll give us the desires of our heart. As long as we walk uprightly, are not covetous, greedy of filthy lucre, but we're walking with him, his desires becoming ours. We are walking in his will, fulfilling his plan. He wants us to be blessed above measure. And we have to visualize our God this way as being this way. We have to have this proper concept of the Father. Secondly, we said it's also important for us to realize that regular daily answers to prayer is normal for the Christian life. Go on back with me to, to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, and let's take a look at this. What is the norm for the Christian life, the Christian experience? It's normal for us to have daily answers to prayer. Remember, if we're not having daily answers to prayer, could it be that we're not praying daily? You have not because you ask not. Could it be it's because we're not praying daily? In other words, we're not involving Him in the affairs of our lives as we should be. And if we're not, why? Something is wrong because He's wanting to answer our prayers and move on our behalf and not withhold anything but to bless us and to protect us and provide for us. If that be the case, if that being is, is, is true, then why is it that we're not praying on a day-by-day -day basis? Asking Him to do all these different things to involve Him in the affairs of our life. Is it because we think those things are too insignificant as far as He is concerned? Well, as far as He's concerned, everything has its importance when He's dealing with us because we're His children. How many of you as parents know that whatever your children do, you want to be involved in their lives and you want to provide whatever you possibly can to see to it that they are successful and that they're blessed? Absolutely. You want to be involved in the affairs of their lives. Well, He wants to be that way in our lives. In Matthew chapter 6, we have Jesus teaching us the model prayer. In verse 9... After this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. This is the model prayer. He's teaching about prayer. This is not a prayer to be prayed repetitiously over and over and over and over again. When I was in a particular denominational church, we prayed this prayer 150 miles an hour, 10 times in a row. Sometimes we got up to 175 and got picked up for speeding. Had no meaning. Accomplished nothing. But here's what he's saying. After this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father which art in heaven. Everybody said to me, Heavenly Father. Father. See, he was teaching the sages, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Now notice this. Hallowed be thy name. Everybody say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Be now say it this way. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father I, bless name, I bless your holy name. I give the glory. That's do your holy name. For you are Jehovah. The covenant keeping God. You are the great I Am, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Your name is to be feared. And Heavenly Father, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, Your name is to be praised. So I praise Your name. So I bless Your name. I magnify Your name. 
I glorify your name. Heavenly Father, I love you. I bless you. I worship you. We're not going to finish the prayer if we keep doing that, are we? Did you see what he was teaching? He was teaching principles to prayer. That's what he was teaching. You can get caught up right there. But that's where he said to begin. Daily, regular, daily answers to prayer should be the Christian norm. And he goes on. Well, what should we be praying? That's first, ministering to the Father. Secondly, thy kingdom come. In verse 10, thy will be done. As it is, on earth as it is in heaven. In earth as it is in heaven. Now notice this. Your kingdom has not come yet. It's not literally set up on the earth yet. It will come after the seven years of tribulation and Jesus comes and spreads the clouds of glory comes and sets His feet upon the Mount of Olives. He'll come and set up an earthly kingdom. The devil will be bound up for a thousand years. And thank God people live to be a thousand years old. But that hasn't happened yet. So Father, till that happens, till Jesus comes back to the earth and sets up an earthly kingdom, you know what? You want me to establish your will as being done on this earth. That's what it's saying here. So today, your will is done in my life. Everybody say, today, today. your will is done in my life. life. Say, Heavenly Father, Father. hallowed be thy name. I bless your name. Until your kingdom comes, I establish your will as being done in earth, in my life, in my domain, as it's being done in heaven. See, that's where I have supreme authorities in my own, within the framework of my own life. Did you know that? And so, Father, I'm establishing your will. See, that's what he said to Peter. Peter, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom. Keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you loose will be loosed. Lord Peter. See, upon this rock, I build my church. Gates of hell will not prevail against it. Because I give the keys to the kingdom, the authority of the believer to bind the works of darkness. See, he'll be bound for the thousand years and we won't need to bind them. But thank God we can bind them now by the power of the name of Jesus with the authority of the believer. We can do it right now. And that's what he's saying. That's what we should be doing on a day-by-day basis. We're not giving place to the devil on a day-by-day basis. Okay, and he goes on and says, Give us this day our daily bread. In other words, daily provisions, all that we need to be successful, all that we need to be fed, clothed, and whatever it is, to have a full supply of spiritual strength in whatever we need. How many of you need spiritual strength day by day? How many of you know your inward man is renewed day by day? Constant renewings. Do you know what? If you don't ask him, you won't get. Ask and you shall receive. You have not because you ask not. Some don't, don't get a fresh anointing because they don't ask him for it. Did you know that? true. But if you'll get on, on, on your knees in His presence and you say, Father God, hallowed be thy name. I worship and bless your holy name. I'm here before your presence to establish your will as being done in my life. And it's your will. How many know that the Bible says this is the will of the Lord? The will of the Lord is not being drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be being filled with the Spirit. And I'm here this morning, hallelujah, this day on a day-by-day basis to have my inner man strengthened by the power of your might. And I'm not getting off my knees until you answer that prayer. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I guarantee you, you may not even be able to get up off your knees. Because he'll come upon you in power and in might. He'll answer that prayer and you'll be filled with the Holy Ghost and power. And this is just giving examples. But this is what he's talking about. Forgive us our debts. 
as we forgive our debtors, lead us not to temptation. In other words, direct us out of temptation and deliver us from the evil one. And, and whatever the, the forces of darkness have to come against us in this day, we're not, no evil is going to befall us. No plague will come nigh our dwelling. Father God, thank you. See, he's teaching not to repeat this, not repetition, but to take the principles of it, get before the Father, and establish these things as being done in our lives. And I'll tell you what, your inner man will be strengthened and you'll be blessed on a day-by-day basis and you'll be renewed in your spirit, man, if you'll do it this way. Now, notice this. Go on to chapter 7. See, he hasn't really finished. You'll see here that this is the Christian norm. And make note of this. How normal is it? This is how normal it is. It's normal for the Christian to have his prayer answered on a day-by-day basis just as normal as it is for a parent to feed a child. When the child is hungry. Look at verse 7. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh findeth. To him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread, give him a stone? Or if he ask officially, give him a serpent? If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things? Notice good again. He gives us good things. No good thing will He withhold. Every good gift is from above. He gives us grace and glory to those that ask Him. Notice, ask again. So how normal is it? It's as normal as a parent feeding the child when the child is hungry. That's how normal it is. I'll tell you what, we need to develop a better consciousness of this. Did you know that? And a a greater depth of consciousness when it comes to this kind of of intimacy with the Father God. Yes, we'll go to, the, to our parents, or a child will go to the parent and say, I'm really hungry. And the, and, and the parent will say, well, what can I get you to eat? You know, what are you hungry for? It's lunchtime. I want a sandwich or whatever. And, and, and the parent will, will honor that request and answer that prayer, so to speak. So you see, it's important that we understand that regular daily answers to prayer is the Christian norm. It's the norm for the Christian life. And that's what Jesus was teaching here. This is the norm then. Receiving, finding, and having things open to us on a day-by-day basis is the Christian norm. Receiving. You say, well, I don't receive anything today. Well, that's your first mistake because you didn't receive the strength that you need, the spiritual strength that you need to get through the day. How many times have you found yourself without the strength that you need to walk in the character and the power of God by the end of the day because you didn't spend the quiet time on your knee before the presence of the Father asking Him to exchange strengths with you? Have you ever been there? And then, of course, you you think, well, the, the enemy would have you to think that, well, you don't want to waste that time. You could have been doing this, 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 and this. But you see, the time you wait, the time that you didn't take that you thought you were wasting to get into the presence of the Lord is the time you didn't ask for or receive the strength that you need to live through the day in the joy of the Lord as being your strength and the power of God because of the exchange of strengths that took place in that period of time. So, if you don't ask, you're not going to receive. But if you ask, you'll receive. And if you receive, you see the strength of the Lord. You'll operate in it throughout the day. Seek and you shall find. Well, I'm not finding anything out. Why not? You're not seeking. If you've been born again, then you need to get spirit-filled. If you're not spirit-filled, find out what the Scriptures say. How do I find out? By seeking. I, I did that. I didn't know anything about it. 
But I, I went to the Bible and I went to people that were spirit-filled. I'm seeking the baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire. I'm seeking what God has for me. Seeking you shall want. The norm is to find. So we've got to take the time to seek. Knock and it shall be open unto you. We should have the Scriptures open unto us. We should have the plan of God unfolded unto us. We should have His will for our lives open unto us. Well, how does this happen? By knocking. How do I knock? By getting once again into His presence. And say, Father, Your Word says knock. I've come before Your presence. I'm waiting in Your presence diligently. And I'm looking to You to give direction to my spirit, illumination to my mind. And I'm not going to back off. I'm not going to back off until I have the revelation in my heart. And it'll be open unto You. Father, I want to know what that Scripture means. Knock. Wait before His presence. Invite the Holy Spirit's teaching ministry in your life and say, unveil to me. See, the Bible is spiritually perceived, not intellectually understood. And He'll open up the Scriptures to you. How about if I illustrate it this way? When you get up in the morning and you either go to the, to the bathroom and turn on the water faucet or the kitchen and turn on the water faucet, how many of you expect water to come flowing forth? And to you, that's the norm. Well, if you, went out, if you got up one morning and you, and you did that, you walked into the kitchen, turned on the water faucet, and no water came out, would that be the norm? As a matter of fact, wouldn't you become a little bit puzzled and concerned as to why there's no flow of water? You've made a demand upon the, the, the supply of water and it didn't come forth. Now, if you got up in the middle of the night and, all the, of course, the lights were out and it's dark, and you've got to find your way to the house and you go put on the light switch and no light comes on. That to you would be abnormal. That's not the norm. The norm is when you flick on that light switch, of course we take it for granted, that the power flow would flow and the light would be turned on. That to you is the norm. That's the norm as far as you are concerned. But if it did not happen at that particular period of time, what would you do? Would you just crawl right on back in bed and forget about it? Or would you check to see what the problem was? Maybe there's a short circuit somewhere. Maybe there's a fuse that's been blown or whatever. Maybe, you know, something happened. Someone hit a pole or whatever, and there's no power in your house. And if you have, a, you know, have to be awakened by an alarm, and, and it's plugged in, and there's no power there, and you know that you're going to go back to sleep and possibly be late for work, you probably would do something about it because you've got to rectify the situation. You would do something. You'd be moved to do something about the situation. You'd find out the difficulty, and you'd remedy it. If you ladies, uh, you know, you've been uh, busy and caught up in some things in your life and, and consequently you've had to set some things aside like the laundry and your bushels got full and overflowing and overflowing, you know, just blessings of overflowing bushels of laundry, you know. And you said, well, I've got to make time. I've got to get this done. And so you, you just get all set and you're ready and you put, put everything in there, the detergent in, and, and you pull on that washing machine and nothing happens. You're just going to walk around like, well, that's normal. No, you probably panic. <laughs> get hold of somebody. Get that thing taken care of. I don't care what you do. doesn't matter what it costs. I've got to get these clothes clean. Whatever it is, let's get this thing fixed. See, it would move you to do something, to act. Now, I know this will get you. If you've been making regular bank deposits in your checking account, on a regular basis now, and you know that you know that you know that there's more than enough money to cover the checks that you've been writing out. And all of a sudden, the bank was not honoring your checks. Would you just continue on like that's just the norm? No problem. Just walking around like it doesn't matter. No, you wouldn't. You'd stop. 
You'd make sure you found out where the difficulty was and you'd remedy the situation. You'd see to it that things got back into working order. You see, beloved, when we make a demand in these areas, we expect performance. We expect the water to flow. We expect the electrical current to flow. We expect the washer to work. We expect the bank to perform, to see to it that when we make a demand or place a demand, there's a performance. Well, beloved, it's sad to say, but we don't view prayer as being that way. The woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of Jesus' garment. And when she did, there was an outflow of power that caused her to be every whit whole. That is the Christian norm. Now listen, the 20th New, New Testament, century New Testament says, someone made a demand upon my ability. That's what Jesus said. He said, who's touched me? His disciples said, Master, there's a, a bunch of people thronging thee, multitude. And you say, who touched me? He said, no. Someone touched me in faith. Someone placed a demand upon my ability. He recognized that somebody in faith touched him, placed a demand upon his ability, and there was a flow, there was a performance of the things of God, the power of God. And that woman was made whole. Because our God is a sun and shield. He gives grace and glory. No good thing does He withhold from them who walk uprightly. That should be the Christian norm. Beloved, that should be in the forefront of our thinking. That should be in the midst of our heart. Do you know what? If we pray to God and we don't get a result or an answer that is a yay, so we can say amen, we shouldn't walk away and become callous when it comes to prayer. Did you hear that? A lot of Christians are callous right now when it comes to prayer. Almost expecting not getting the prayer answered as being to be the norm. Well, that's just normal. That's just normal. Well, let me tell you this. If you got up in the morning and you went and began to your kitchen, turn on that water, and it didn't, it didn't work, would that be normal to you? It would not be normal to you. But I'll tell you what, if you didn't do anything to rectify it, if you didn't change it, if you didn't get the thing fixed and no water, kept, no water came out, or if it came out only on occasion, once here, there, every other day or whatever, you know, you'd go there maybe one time it would work and the other time it wouldn't work to you. You'd become callous when it didn't work. you just, you know, implement plan B. Use something else. Go over to your neighbor's house and use their water. Because the heart could become callous. Not doing anything about it. Just take an alternate course of action. Same thing is true when it comes to us spiritually. Because we had no outflow of power, because there was no answer to prayer, because there was no result immediately, instead of finding out what the problem is, instead of seeing how we can remedy the situation, many will just go off as if, well, let's just use an alternate course of action. Let's just use plan B. And if that keeps happening on a day-by-day -day basis, you know what happens? Our hearts become callous when it comes to prayer. And we don't expect God to do it. Right then and there. And we are more operating on plan B, C, D, and everything else than we are plan A. 
And He doesn't want that. He wants us once again to redevelop our life of prayer so that we can get to the place in our lives that we know that when we make a demand upon His ability, the answer is there. The answer is there. Now, I want you to see something here. Go on with me, if you would, please, to 1 Peter chapter 3. If you have a, this is just one, I'll inject this at this point. If, if you have a non-believing mate or one who is not obedient to the Word of God, I want to illustrate this. You can hinder your prayer from being answered and stop the power from flowing to save your unsaved mate by not doing what the Word of God says concerning your situation. And if our prayer is not being answered, then what we need to do is be, become just as concerned as we would be if the light didn't turn on or if the bank didn't honor our checks. We've got to get to that point that we are just as concerned. Are those things more important than having the power flow of God's power flowing? What's more important? As far as we should be concerned, we should want the power of God flowing in our lives more so than anything else being operative, shouldn't we? Sure, all those other things will work and we thank God for it. But, most importantly, we want the power of God operating within our lives. Providing what is necessary for us. Well, if you're in this situation where you have a non-believing mate, I want you to notice verse 7. Likewise, you husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor to the wife as into the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. That your prayers be not hindered. Here we can see that a husband could have his prayers hindered if he's not living with his wife according to knowledge. And if that be the case, then that person has to change something in his life so as to allow his prayers to be answered. We should be concerned, in other words, if our prayers are not being answered. If our prayers are not being answered, be like the electrician and find out whether the wire is broken. Find out where the, the water leak is or, or why the power supply is failing. The water supply. Whatever it is, find out why the bank is not honoring your checks. You would do that. We've got to find out what the Word of God says about prayer and hindrances to prayer so as to know why our prayers are not being answered. Not developing a callous attitude thinking, well, I'll just go on like this. It doesn't seem like anything is happening. I'll just go on doing this. No. We've got to become... Aware of the fact that there are things that we need to do to, to have our prayers answered. And in this particular situation, it talks, first of all, if you read verses 1 through 6, about the wife having a meek and quiet spirit. If your husband does not believe the Word of God or is not walking in light of the Word of God or is not saved, then here it tells the, the wife what to do so as to have a prayer answered so that he can become saved. And so you see... She should act accordingly with a meek and quiet spirit so as without the word he can be won. It allows God's power to flow. Now, if that's not happening, then she should study this to find out what she needs to do. Cooperate with God and then allow him to flow, his power to flow. And the connection will be made. And then God will be moving by his spirit to reach him. And as we said, vice versa, if the wife is not doing what is necessary, the man must see to it that he dwells with his wife according to knowledge and does what God would have him to do. Why? Because only God can save. 
He's the one that draws people by His Spirit. If that prayer is not being answered, then see to it that He is doing the right thing. And then the prayer will make the highway for God to move and the prayer will be answered. Look at 1 John chapter 5. Jesus lived in intimacy with the Father. He walked with Him so closely in his prayer life, in his communication life with him, that he can say, Father, I knew that thou hearest me always. How many of you remember that when he was at the, at the graveside of Lazarus, he said, Father, I thank thee that thou hearest me always. I knew that thou hearest me always. How many of you know he said that? He knew the Father always heard him. Why? He had a day-by-day conversation with the Lord. First and foremost, that's what prayer is. A time spent with Him and communicating with Him, knowing He desires to communicate with you and answer your prayers. You then know that He's answering your prayer on a day-by-day basis is a normal thing in your life. If it's not happening, you should become more concerned than you would if your water wasn't working, if your electricity wasn't working, if your bank wasn't doing the right thing, or if your washing machine wasn't working. And you, you stop right there and say, this, this, this is not right. Something is wrong. I must remedy the situation. Because why? It's not the norm. It's not the norm. My God watches over His Word to perform it. My God makes His Word good. My Bible tells me, ask I shall receive. If I'm not receiving, something is wrong here. Where's the problem, Lord? Find out where the difficulty lies. And then get in there, change, do what is necessary, and expect God to move in your life on a day-by-day basis His wonders to perform. This is what He's speaking to my heart. I want my people to come before me with confidence and with boldness, knowing that I desire to meet their every need and answer their every prayer. With a yea that they can say, Amen. Do you see the attitude that we have to develop? This is the norm for the Christian life. This is not the exception. This is the rule. That as we pray in His will, look at this beautiful scripture in 1 John Before we actually look at that in verse 14, 15, let me quote another scripture. Jesus walked intimately with the Father. Jesus proved that it's possible for us to have this intimacy of fellowship and have our prayers answered on a day-by-day basis. Jesus said in John 16, 23 and 24, write it down, don't turn to it, but write it down. He said, in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, now he's talking to us, to you. Verily, verily, truly, truly. I'm not lying. I'm telling you the whole counsel of truth. That whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, He will give it to you. Hitherto or up till now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Christians are lacking in joy because they're not living in the joy of having their daily prayers answered. I'm going to tell you something. When you say, Father God, send a laborer across so-and-so's path to preach the word to them and they get saved, you've got joy. Hallelujah. You're shouting and full of joy. It does something on the inside of you. If you say, Father, my child is sick, I pray in Jesus' name for deliverance. Delivered by the power of your mighty hand and deliverance comes, there's joy inside your heart. When you say, Father God, I don't have any food on my table or gas in my car. I need provision this day. And someone comes along and blesses you, not even knowing that God used them to meet your need. 
There is joy inside your spirit. And you rise up and that joy becomes your fortified place. You're living in the fullness of joy. You're walking with God in the fullness of joy because your prayers are being answered on a day-by-day basis. Jesus was inferring that we can do the same thing that he did. In walking with the Father. And that's what he implied. In 1 John 5, 14 and 15 now. Beloved, it's time that we stop being callous when it comes to having our prayers answered. And when it comes to to our attitude toward prayer. If Jesus can live in, in, in daily unhindered communion with the Father. So that his prayers can be answered. And said that we can and we should be living in that daily unhindered communion with him. So that our prayers can be answered. And we can live in the fullness of the joy of having our prayers answered on a day by day basis. Here in 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, and this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything, 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 according to His will. According to His will. Father, I'm living in Your will. Father, I'm doing Your will. Father, I know Your your will. Your Word is Your will. And I thank You. It is Your will that I be saved. It is Your will that I be healed. It is Your will I be filled with the Holy Ghost. It is Your will I be renewed with strength day by day. It is Your will that I have my prayers answered. It is Your will, dear Father God. And I come boldly before Your presence to make a demand upon Your ability. Now listen. You know, when you teach along these lines, you always want to have to qualify. And sometimes by qualifying, what we do is that we, we preach people out of faith. I'm going to say it this way. I'll try to qualify without preaching us out of faith, okay? People have said, you faith people that talk like that, you think you're arrogant toward God. You demand something from God. Wait a minute. We're not talking about arrogance. We're not talking about going to the throne of God with arrogance. I'm me. You better do something. for. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about acting with spiritual intelligence and wisdom upon the Word of God in such a way that what we are doing makes a demand upon the ability of God. And God, as our sun and shield, must honor the request. Do you see that? Just like the woman with the issue of blood. She wasn't arrogant. She was humble. And she went before the Lord and touched Him. And what she did, her actions placed a demand upon the ability. How arrogant must you be to flick on a light switch? To turn on a water faucet? Well, that's not being arrogant. All, that, all we're doing is what, is what we know to be intelligently acting upon something that's been set in motion. It doesn't matter how we get it there. Turn, on, you know, turn it on and let the water flow. And then we get, that, we get accustomed to that. That's the norm. Flick on the light switch. Lights comes on. That's the norm. Plat your washing machine uh, knob there and let the water begin and, and let the washing machine begin to work. That's the norm. We made a demand upon it. We made a demand upon the water supply, the electrical supply. Make your deposit, write out your check. Make a demand upon that bank. They'll honor the request. Okay, why? Because that's the norm. Because it's, everything is in motion there. Why can't we see clearly enough? That when we do what God says, it makes a demand upon His ability. May I say it this way? He is looking for people to get excited about this. He is looking for us to get so excited about, I can make a demand upon my Father's ability and He'll answer my prayer. Whatever it is that I need, if I need healing for my body, if I need financial assistance, whatever it is, if it's a desire of my heart, He is looking to me to so trust Him with my life and the affairs of my life that I will do what is necessary to make that demand upon His ability and He will honor it. He wants us to come to Him that way. He desires for us to come to Him that way. He's made it so that we can come to Him that way. What way? This is the confidence that we have in Him. 
This is the confidence that we have in Him. If we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. Anything, He heareth us. And if we know He heareth us, whatsoever we ask, then we know we have the petition we desire of Him. And I want to put the, the biggest thing on, on, as number one on the list. Beloved, if you are, and I, if we are not in the habit of placing this demand upon His ability, then we are narrow-minded. We should be ones to place this primary demand upon His ability. Father, do you see my brother John? Do you see... I'm talking about literal, literally, my brother, my sister, literally. They're not saved yet. You said in your word. See, when you do that, you're making a demand on his ability. You're placing a demand upon his ability. You said in your word that I'm to ask you to send laborers. Father... I'm asking you to send multitudes of laborers. Father, do you see my wife, my husband, my mother, my father lying in dark, the darkness of religious tradition? Do you see them blinded and not able to receive the light of the glory of, of, of the knowledge of, of God in the face of Jesus Christ, the knowledge of the glory of God? Father... They may never listen to me, but I'm telling you something. You've got laborers out there. Father, send multitudes. Send laborers so that everywhere they go, they're bumping into those born-again people. People that are washed in the blood, telling them, Are you born again too? It's good to know I'm a child of God. And if you know what, denomin you know what denomination they are, sometimes it's even better. Send some of those born-again people, because they can relate to them. Send some of those born-again people, because they can relate to them. Do you see that? That should be the primary thing. We should keep the Father so busy placing this demand upon His ability that the laborers would go forth and preach the good news of the gospel to your loved ones, to my loved ones. That's what He wants us to do. And then it goes from there. All things, all things, whatever is good. Beloved, because attitudes have become callous toward prayer, you know what has happened? Prayer to, to many believers is nothing more than a cry of desperation in a panic situation. Not living in His presence on a day-by-day -day basis, having intimacy of fellowship, talking things over, keeping a tender heart and confident spirit. It's, uh-oh, an evil report. What am I going to do now? A cry of desperation. A cry of desperation. No, that's not what he wants. Get in his presence. Sit around the throne. Draw from his strength. Draw from his wisdom. Draw from his ability. Fill yourself up with the strength and the power of his might. And then take your God to the problem. Don't take your problem to God. Take your God to the problem. Take your Father to the problem. You're so full of him. You're so overflowing with him. The power of His might is just glowing and flowing out of you. Take your Father to the problem. I believe we would have day-by-day -day answered prayer if the people of God would do this very thing. Get into His presence and realize that prayer, first and foremost, is a daily conversation with Him about all these beautiful things we talked about. Father God, hallowed be Thy name. 
Father God, your kingdom's not come yet. It's in my heart, but it's not set up literally on the earth. And I know that for it to be realized in my life, I've got to establish it by getting into your will. By getting into your will. And so, Father God, your will be done upon this earth in my life today. 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 Too often we're thinking in terms of years. Today. 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 Think about today, right now. Thy will be done today in my life. In my life, in my life, in my pathways, life, there's no death today. Today, I thank you, dear Father God, for divine safety and protection and intervention of angels and for causing me to have skill in learning and, and understanding of all truth. Thank you for enlarging my capacity today to receive revelation, knowledge, understanding, wisdom, and ability of all things that pertain to life and godliness. Father God, are you ready? I know there's a consuming fire of your holiness right now hovering over us, manifesting itself. I present myself to you today. Why, Father God, so that you can change me, burn up the chaff in my life, purify me with the refiner's fire, purify me and make me pure, make me pure. I'm coming for I give you the liberty to do that in my life. Whatever it is, that's to be burn up the chaff in my life. I present myself to you, change to take place. I am excited about the word of the living God. I am so excited about the word of the living God. I'm instructed the Lord to say it's time once again to start speaking out the word in faith and power. It's time once again for people who have, la- who have been lax in this area of their lives to, to begin speaking the word in faith and power. And also to begin giving attention to the word like never before. You see, it's a combination of the two. And when you emphasize the power, sometimes you become lax in the area of the Word. And let's not do it. Let's put the two together and have them function and operate like they should. And believe that when we tap into the resources of heaven, it should be normal and natural for us, supernatural for us, to experience the outpouring of God's blessings and the answers to our prayers and our needs being met. Starting with the salvation of our loved ones right on through everything that He says, yea, to. Thank God when He says, yea, what do we say? Amen. Amen. That's his answer to prayer. Yay. And our response is amen. Well, we've got to close our Bibles and gather on all for right now. Praise God. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now. And I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.